Bye. Hello and welcome to Knock Knock High with the Glockenfluckens. I am Dr. Glockenfluckens. What? Are you okay? I'm Dr. Glockenfluckens. Okay, I'm Lady Glockenfluckens, but I am also concerned about your mental mm, health. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm getting punchy. Yeah, I can We're tell. Late. It's late in the day. We're doing a rare night recording. Mm-hmm. And so we've had a it's full day. A whole 7.30 p.m. We're ready for bed. <sighs> it is late, you guys. <laughs> so late. Uh... I mean, who is productive past seven o'clock at night? Night shift. I people. say that as many people in medicine work at night. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not uh, ophthalmologists. No. The last time I went into, the, I, actually, I can't say anything because I have a call week coming up in like a week. Did you know mm. that, by the way? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to jinx myself. Yep. Do you believe in jinxes? Um, Are you a superstitious person? No, but I also feel like, well, it can't hurt. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to do anything, but I, it doesn't bother me yeah. either. If people want to do, it doesn't hurt anything. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of how I feel a little bit. Yeah. Although maybe a little bit more, like I'm a little bit more convinced that I will jinx myself. And I feel like it. a lot of medical professionals are. Because what else do we have to go on? We have superstition and like nothing else. Nothing else. I don't know. Really? It's like That's we, depressing. We just have to, we have to. You have no data, no, no, no evidence, just, no, no, just pure superstition. Just superstition. No science when whatsoever. It comes, when it comes to how bad your call shift is going to be, <laughs> yes. Um, what's like going on? Like the Q word. You don't say the Q word. We don't. We don't. Actually, I, I don't really care so much about that, but people are. That's people, a big yeah. one. That's a really big one, especially in like traditionally very busy places like right, emergency, emergency departments. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. Well, what's going on with us? We're about to we're about to go on another trip. We got a lot of trips. Yeah, the fall is very the, busy. Yeah, conference season. Conference season, but this one is a kind of a interesting a special conference. Yeah, we are going to our alma mater. That's right. We're going to Texas Tech University in the bustling metropolis of Lubbock, <laughs> Texas, <laughs> where there are literal tumbleweeds yes. that blow across the roads. And what are those storms? They're haboobs. Haboobs. Yeah. The wind dust storms. Yes. the mm-hmm. They have dust storms. It is um, as fun as it sounds. Yeah. It's beautiful. But we, but do we love, have a very, very, very fond. But we do love Texas Tech. And part of that is because we met there. That's right. And, and it's where we went to college. And college is fun. Yeah. College is fun. Doesn't matter where you're at. You're just in college. If you're not having fun in college. You are doing it wrong. Yeah. I don't, it's just, you could be in college anywhere. Uh, just just yeah. have fun in college. Right. But the the city of Lubbock is leaves somewhat something to be desired, <laughs> but um, but it does have our well. No, we don't. We there. haven't been there in many years. So. I think twenty eighteen. Oh, no. we did visit. It wasn't twenty. When my brother no, it was when my brother graduated. That was the last time we. Were I was pregnant. So it was 20, 2018. No, 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 no. I was not pregnant in twenty eighteen. No, you. Uh, we're talking about two different things. When oh. my brother graduated. Yeah. Oh, you went. I, I did not. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, that's that was, why we have different was... memories. Nobody cares about this. <laughs> the point is, we're but it, going it was back. Twenty eighteen. How old am I? <laughs> what year is it? I don't know. What? How old's my brother? He's five years younger than me. No, this was like twenty two thousand eight or nine. 
That's when we graduated. It was 2008. <sighs> I know. Math is hard this is so when you're hard. old. This is so Anyway, the point is, it doesn't matter. <laughs> None of this matters. Nobody's even listening anymore. I okay? scared everyone I'm away. I'm sorry, everyone. Please come back. Hopefully Jason can do all right, something with all this. At the end of this episode, we're giving a random listener a million dollars. Of Rob's money. Anyway, we're going to go watch the tumbleweeds this weekend. <laughs> And uh, we're also dragging our kids. Yeah, we are. Because while it's not so much a tourist destination, uh, it is for our family, a part of our our history. So they're going to go see where their parents met and where we went to college and And, had a lot of fun memories. The the college is putting on a, a humanities conference and That's having right. us keynote. So we're, it's exciting. That's right. The honors college particularly, which is really meaningful. I don't know. You didn't, did you care so do you much? Guys, do you guys know that Kristen here is, was honors college student of the year? That's right. I was. Yeah. There's 2008. like, there's like a plaque in her name in a break room somewhere. Yeah, probably. Well, no, I don't, I don't think they keep a plaque. Do they? Sure they do. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. We sure will. <laughs> So wish but us I luck, had a everyone. great time at the Honors College, and so it is very meaningful to be able to come back and speak to all the honors students now. Yeah. And uh, we met through the Honors College, in fact, and right. you were an you RA did. in the Honors Dorm. I was. So, yeah, I can't really say much about you being a nerd. I know. I we were both RA in the yeah. college, Honors College Dorm. I am dorm. the bigger nerd, though, and I take that as a... Uh, a compliment to sure, myself. That's fine. You can yeah. be the bigger nerd. Yeah. I, right? Like you're smart, but but I don't know if you're a nerd. I would thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I think. I think. Anyway, let's get to our guests. So we got some great guests uh, today. We are talking with a couple of orthopedic surgeons. Yes. We have Dr. Paul Zalzal and Dr. Brad Weening. Which are just great names to say. Great names. I mean, we talk about this during the during the episode. We'll have fun saying their names. Yeah. Uh, but they are, you may know them a little bit better as the hosts of Talking With Docs. They're the creators and hosts of this wonderful YouTube channel uh, where they provide medical information in a fun, entertaining way. I mean, orthopedic surgeons, they're just, they're fun people. It was a good time. So we yeah. had a great time talking with them. And they're Canadians on top of it. So they're just like extra nice. Absolutely. It was yeah. really nice. Good guys. Uh, and so I hope you like it. All right. Here is Paul and Brad. Today's episode is brought to you by the Nuance Dragon Ambient Experience or DAX for short. This AI powered ambient technology is helping you physicians be more efficient, and reduce clinical documentation burdens that cause us to feel overwhelmed and burnt out. To learn more about how DAX can help reduce burnout and restore that joy of practicing medicine. Kristen, you got to have that joy. You got to mm-hmm. have it. Stick around after the episode or visit nuance.com slash discover DAX. That's N-U-A-N-C-E dot com slash discover D-A-X. All right, we are here with Dr. Weening and Dr. Zalzal. Yeah, you guys, you don't, don't do you realize how big you are uh, in Canada? At, at least, probably elsewhere too. But we no. have gotten so many uh, requests to have you guys come on the podcast. So thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Awesome to be here. We, we, we were really excited. A little nervous. I was a little nervous because you guys are oh. so you're so nice and and smart and you have great hair. You know. <laughs> 
<laughs> we don't take any of those boxes. I mean, I'm sure you're talking about my hair. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Beautiful. I also want to make sure our listeners know that w- before we started recording, we were doing some mic check <laughs> things, and uh, and I heard them these two call each other, or I heard call, I heard I heard Paul call Brad bro like three different times. Yeah. This was it within 30 seconds yeah. of, of meeting you guys. And you I know, had just taken off my headband and put the dumbbells down. So That's Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I, I do wanna I wanna start there actually, because I, I there I know there are a lot of people that uh, you know on social media seeing you guys, seeing me and 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 the podcast and everything. And I'm sure a lot of people, the only like knowledge they have of orthopedic surgeons is like what I make videos about. That's me. And so yeah. that's you. I, yeah. I yeah. don't, I don't know anything about orthopedic <laughs> surgeons other than your character. So let's uh, <laughs> let's, I, this is a perfect time to kind of set the record straight here. Um, uh, and I want to start with this question. Like, do you have to be like a, a, a strong person, like physically strong mm-hmm. to do orthopedic surgery? So, so I, I, I would say yes. And actually, Paul has a very interesting story about residency where this was brought up. But I'd say, generally speaking, yes, you do have to have a certain amount of strength. However, one of our greatest colleagues is a female, and she's like five foot two, and she's a firecracker, and she stands on three stools, and she is strong as anything. So uh, where there's a will, there's a way as well. But, but yeah. Paul has a great story that actually lends yeah, to this. Yeah, you do have to be strong. I learned that in residency. I was in like early residency, I think like first year. And I was trying to like reduce a femur fracture and, you know, you have to pull pretty hard and manipulate pretty hard. And my staff guy, great staff guy, really, you know, nice guy, super guy. He looks at me at one point and goes, Paul, do you work out? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, no, like with weights. And I was like, <laughs> I, do, I do. They're lightweights, but I do. But apparently not strong enough. But having said that, our, our, our colleague, Heather, she is, she, you know, she, when I'm operating and they said, oh, here, uh, grab a mallet. And it weighs like 200 pounds. I'm like, who uses this mallet? And they're like, Heather. I'm like, oh, I can't lift Heather's mallet. Wait, what, what, on, what are you talking about? Mallet? 200 pounds? What are you talking about? We use mallets. No, it's like a two to five pound mallet. But yes, it feels like 200 to Paul. It doesn't work out much with weights. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I-, I took that literally. I was like, oh my God. Goodness. So, so it's it's You're the strength pulverizing the bones. The, the strength comes in. Uh, so, because you, you're lifting like heavy appendages and you're having to move bones around, and so it's it's not the like the the hammering and the and the malleting that is is that the word uh, verb form of mallet? I don't sure, know. Sure, it to, is now to mallet something. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, is that is that difficult? Is that where the strength comes in? Yeah, moving the limb is a lot. If you're doing a knee replacement, you're lifting, you're bending, lifting that limb yeah. like 50 times. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think there's just, I mean, it's a certain amount of strength, I think. Brad's stronger than me. What do you think, Brad? I, I would agree with that. And, and particularly for fracture care. So, you have to, if a bone's yeah. crooked, then you got to pull kind of the ends back together. And the muscles are trying to keep that deformed force. So, yeah, there is a certain amount of strength required for sure. Yeah, it's, I gathered that bones don't really want to move much. Not. We are very end of the spectrum uh, ophthalmology and orthopedic oh, yeah. surgery. And not a lot of mallets used in the eye. I, I move my just fingers little... like, you know, just a little micro, micro surgery. Um, my muscles uh, throughout residency atrophy quite a bit. <laughs> and, and that's that's actually uh, an advantage for me. You know, <laughs> we know it's the opposite. We don't want people who are very physically strong. We want incredibly weak surgeons. That's what we want in ophthalmology. Well, I, I can vouch for you there. 
Wow. Wow, that uh, is tough. Uh, there you go. People love ophthalmologists. I mean, I mean, you guys, we get a bad rap as orthopods, right? If you if you look at like, you know, it, it, ophthalmologists, they chose Tom Selleck to represent ophthalmologists and friends, right? In the show Friends. Oh, that's Who's, right. Oh, he was an that. ophthalmologist. Yeah. Uh, we got we got Tag that. in ER. You know what I mean? I like <laughs> nobody's guy. rooting for Tag. I don't even know if that guy acts anymore, right? <laughs> nobody's rooting for Tag. I want Carol to get to Ross. We get a bad rap. Well, uh, so let's go into that a little bit. It, how do you feel about your the the public's perception of orthopedic surgeons, and how much have I contributed to that? <laughs> so, so I'd say a fair bit on the latter. You certainly are partially responsible for the propagation of stereotypes, but that's okay. Um, and I think at the end of the day, we know that it's not true, and we believe that. Right. I mean, once you get into medical school, everyone has a certain level of intelligence. I tell my kids this all the time. You know, you didn't have to be the smartest person to get into medical school, but you probably had to work as hard or harder than a lot of people and kind of outlast them. So you're not mm. splitting the atom. You're not the applied math person or applied physics person, but no, yeah, we're, we're okay with being strong. No, yeah, yeah. I love your character. I mean, that character is awesome. And, and, yeah. and within orthopedic surgery, you've got different, you know, subspecialties, right? And so I think you, the character you create is, is a very good sports orthopod, like the sports yes. medicine type orthopod. Mm. Oh, and they right? really, okay. they really are, like that character, and, and we're we're interviewing right now, so we're hiring at our hospital, and and you know, and we're looking for a sports med, a sports orthopod, and they're the ones who played like you know, like nearly professional levels sport, like a varsity sport of some kind, and they're just real athletes, you know, and then they gravitate towards sort of sports medicine and sports orthopedic surgeons. Yeah, we have I'm a, not that guy. We have a 60 year old <laughs> colleague who actually participated in the Ironman in Kona, like at 60, like he's oh, unbelievable. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, I, I think what another thing that people don't realize is is yes, everybody's smart in med school, uh, but like people who go into orthopedic surgery, like you guys are like incredibly smart, and and you have to because it's so competitive to go into ortho. And I think I think secretly you're never going to admit this. <laughs> I think you use it to your advantage. I think you secretly like having kind of a little bit of low expectation in terms of your non-bone related <laughs> knowledge. Hey, I'm there with ophthalmology. Same thing. Okay? Under promise, over deliver yeah. works every you time. You can't fool me, you guys. I know. Right. I know. You no, know? And, I, and I think you're done because one of your one of your videos actually shows that really well where the guy's like, listen, uh, heart failure and diabetes and all the rest of it, you know? And then someone's yeah. like, listen, I'll just take care of it. And you're like, thank you so much. You're so smart. <laughs> we really appreciate that. I got to get back to the OR, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we do, we right. do, do I, that a lot. I think your ortho character is pretty smart, though. Like, for, oh, yeah. at first, he was just like a dumb puppy. But as it's evolved, I mean, he's one of my favorite characters because he's smart, but he's also super lovable and kind and there's not a lot of those in your universe yeah and that, that's that's an honest representation of a lot of the orthopedic surgeons yeah. that i've met you yeah know? it's true you're, i think you're bang on with them we love it i get that sent to me like five times a week you know a colleague <laughs> hey, gets sick of it. That's no we love it so so out. tell me uh so you guys met uh, during residency you got you went to the same residency program Yes. Yeah, so so right? it's an interesting story. So I was in my last year of medical school um, and had gone through almost all of my medical school training. And I, when I first got there, I thought I was gonna be a family doctor. You know, like all of us, you get to medicine, you don't really know what you want to do. And then after about 20 seconds in family medicine, I was like, this is probably not for me. Um, and then bang, 
through a bunch of different other specialties and landed on general surgery. And then I was at the very end, I did two weeks of mandatory orthopedics. And Paul was my senior resident. And thankfully, we had a really lazy junior resident who didn't want to do anything. So Paul, he would always call this guy and say, hey, do you want to go reduce this fraction? The guy would be like, no, not really. So Paul grabbed me and then we'd go and straighten this kid's broken arm and have a bunch of laughs. And then before he knew it, he uh, he got me. So I I kind of give him the credit and the blame for my career choice. Listen, I have to, I have to confess something to Brad here. I've I've never told him this and I'm, it's okay if you can do it on this podcast. Oh my. So we used to, it's a safe space. It's okay. I have not. This is the first time you're going to hear this one. (laughs) It's a theory and it, it, I, we we did reduce a lot of fraction. I remember, you know, like, Brad, my my you know my resident doesn't want to come. You want to come along? Sure. And and Brad was awesome, most keenest medical student, right? And we'd been there, but back then we we sedated the children with nitrous oxide, which is laughing gas. Okay, <laughs> and we did it in a small room, and the seal for the laughing gas mask wasn't very good, so it leaked out into the room. Uh-oh. So I'm. <laughs> If it's want. fixed law, I think it's fixed <laughs> law of diffusion. I'm pretty sure we were all getting a little bit of laughing gas while we were doing that, <laughs> which explains why that rotation was so fun, Brad. And then thereafter, the rotations were just not that fun anymore. Yeah, you make <laughs> so a good I, point. And I'm brilliant. I'm sorry that you based your whole career on that experience, <laughs> even though you were under the influence, most likely, of a pretty <laughs> high level of nitrous oxide. Laughing gas. Well, you know what? It all, it all worked out. <laughs> so, so you were, you were on the path to general surgery. I was that- honestly, I I knew all the people at, at the institution where I did medical school and essentially had a spot. Yeah, for sure. I was very close to just oh, wow. taking out gallbladders and colons. Were they disappointed mm. in you for? Uh, to be honest, the, the program director, he was once he saw where I had applied, he was a little bit disappointed. I think because I had done so many electives, you know, you, yeah. you invest a lot of time, obviously, in the specialty you're interested in. So I guess, like, flatteringly, I kind of want him to be a little bit disappointed. But I think he understood. At the end of the day, you work so hard. You just want everyone to get to do what they want to do. Unfortunately, you had Paul there to drug you. He tricked me. Really, like, he influenced me. you <laughs> yeah. in that way. Yeah. Paul, what was it? What, what got you into orthopedic surgery? Um, I, I, well, I studied engineering before medicine, mechanical engineering, and then biomedical engineering. I always knew I wanted to go into medicine. My, my older sister was studying medicine. I, I was intrigued by it. And, and, you know, I really loved the interface of like uh, machine and humans. You know what I mean? I don't know if you guys remember that show, $6 million man, that poor astronaut. They're a little crashes. younger than us, Paul. I've, I've heard those yeah. words. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So this guy, he's an astronaut. <laughs> he crashes. He loses like both his legs, an arm and an eye. So some ophthalmology in there. Hey. So, I'm sold. I'm yeah. sold. Okay. So they rebuild him. The engineers and the surgeons rebuild him with like legs and an arm and a bionic eye. And he can like see farther and like see stronger and he can run faster. And, he's like and an orthopod. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> he would have been a perfect <laughs> orthopod. Yeah, I was a kid and I saw him and I just love the cyborg, the interface of machine and man. So now, you know, we place knees and hips so people aren't really stronger or faster, but at least they can like get out of bed and walk to the dining room now. But yeah. that was kind of, so that's what I loved. So engineering, medicine, yeah. joined together becomes orthopedic surgery in, in my mind. Yeah. Now, how have, how has the, uh, the culture of orthopedic surgery, do you feel like changed throughout your career? Cause you're, I don't know how many years you're into your, your orthopedic surgery career, but in terms of like the, the attendings that you had, Paul, like going through training, uh, compared to uh, maybe the way you guys are now, or, or, you know, how, how has that culture changed over time or has it changed? Oh, it's changed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
We had some characters. Uh, uh, we had some characters. I think, Brad, your stories, your story sort of your sure. opens so, it up nice. So both of us have been in practice, uh, me just under 20 years, Paul Destover. And residency is so stressful, regardless whether you're ophthalmology, yeah. dermatology, whatever. And especially yeah, early on, you're... when you're like a first-year resident or an intern, and you're on your first rotation. I remember my very first rotation was in orthopedics. It was at a level one trauma center. And I remember one of my very first calls, um, it was middle of the night, guy got shot with a, got a gunshot wound to his forearm, had a lacerated vessel and a broken bone. So vascular surgery said to us in very typical, um, your kind of fashion said, listen, we don't want to fix it. And then you guys mess it when you fix the bone. So why don't you fix it quickly first and then we'll deal with the vessel so you don't get in the way. So me and my staff went and did fix this bone. And he was notorious. Like some people said that he was like a black ops green beret from the UK. He had like size nine and a half hands, like the biggest hands you've ever seen. There were legends of feats of strength that he had done throughout his career where he lifted stuff that was not possible to lift. Anyway, he was terrifying. And so we're, we're fixing this form. And when you fix a broken bone, you drill a hole, you measure the length of the hole, and then you put in an appropriate size screw. But because of the gunshot wound, the bone was very comminuted. So it was in a whole bunch of different pieces. So he would drill and then I would measure and then tell him the size and we put the screw in. So he drilled and I'm trying to measure with this depth gauge, but because the bone is so broken, I couldn't hook it. And I said, I won't say his name. I'm like, I can't, I can't get it because it's so comminuted. And without looking up from the table, and this is classic shame-based learning, you know, the anesthetist, the nurses are there. He says, that's because you're doing it so badly. And I was like, <laughs> oh, no. I'm like, and wow. I, right. So, so I'm crushed, right? I'm like, what yeah. do you say to that? Sorry. Right. So he grabs a depth gauge out of my hand. He tries to, and he can't get it. And I was so happy that he couldn't get it. <laughs> did you have to bite your tongue so hard to not right say, that's because you're oh, doing it so right. badly. Yeah, you can't say anything. I can't say anything. Yeah. I'm PGY1, right? So I, so I looked down. Well, I know, down. but like that would be the you first thing to. that popped you into my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And he's like, <laughs> oh yeah, I guess you're right. It's so comminuted or whatever. And then, and then we moved on to the case. And, and this was a guy that actually liked me. Um, so after the case, he's like, oh yeah, you know, that was a tough case or whatever. And, and it goes on interesting about this guy is he says, listen, I'm, I'm flying my plane to one of the clinics, um, that's remote from here tomorrow at 9am. If you, if your call's not too bad, if you want to come, come. And I think he was saying, if you're, if you're too busy, then don't come. I was like, no, definitely I'm in. So after my call, I've been up all night, eight in the morning, your shift's over. And then I drive out to the airport. So we get to this plane. It's like this two seater plane that it turns out he has built. I'm like, okay. So I'm, we're like shoulder to shoulder. And he's like a crazy, massive man. He, he says, oh, can you open up the glove box? So I open up the glove box. He says, can you hand me those? And it's like instructions on how to start the plane. And he's like, number oh, one. No. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and he's like, number two. I'm like, shouldn't you know how to do this? So anyway, so we get the plane started and we, we fly up. It's like a one hour flight. So we get up to about 10,000 feet or whatever. And he says, can you hand me the newspaper? Okay, so I give him this and he goes, okay, there you go. There's two steering wheels. He goes, okay, you can't do any damage up here. Just keep this line flat. So like he literally taught me how to fly a plane. And then wow. late, oh later on, other residents tell me, say, hey, did you know Dr. So-and-so has crashed his plane twice and, you know, had like near-death experiences in his plane? I'm like, no, that would have been good information to know before <laughs> I took the flight all the way up Seriously? north with them. Anyway, um, so yes, I'd wow. say the culture has changed a lot and that's, <laughs> but it does drive you. I'm sure your staff are the same. It drives you to work so hard. You just, you just want to please your staff. You yeah. just want them to be proud of you. You just want to know the answer. You want to be a good surgeon and a good student and a good doctor. So at the end of the day, I think it's a fine balance, but some of it is a little bit necessary, I think. Yeah. yeah I mean, you definitely want to 
I mean, no matter what specialty you're in, obviously yeah. you want to like succeed and you want to, you know, become you know, insanely proficient in your job and be the best that you could possibly be. Uh, in, in surgery just feels like uh, there's so many like life and death decisions, yep. like in the moment, you know, and, and that's They're so finite, uh, right. And irreversible. Stress, the, the stress is high, I would yep. say. Sure. Uh, and, but then, you know, surgery over the years has that reputation of, of being difficult. I remember, and you know, I didn't graduate residency or a med school that I graduated in 20, 2013, <laughs> 2013. Mm-hmm. And like even you're then, not taking my hint. <laughs> what? What? I'm not. I, I'm not saying they're old. Is we that know what you're getting? I know we're old. We're old. <laughs> we know we're old. Yeah, don't worry. They're young. We they're, yeah. we're, we're, we're like the same age, no, right? You I, guys, you don't have to answer. No, oh, anyway, <laughs> even though it's a podcast, I went through three different webcams before I realized. No, this is what I look like. <laughs> I I'm serious. I'm not lying. Three webcams. And it's well, a podcast. Even, but but even like, you know, a decade, mm-hmm. like 10 years ago, like I still, I had moments in the operating room where I like felt shamed. Yes. And and it's, it's still something that it's like hard to get that out of surgery, it feels like. I mean, um, yeah. Is it not still there? I'm sure it is. I yeah. don't know. I, I mean, <clears throat> do you guys work with trainees yeah. at all? Yeah, yeah, we do. It's still there. I mean, it's it's changed a lot. Like, like you know, when we were going through it, you know, the term mental health didn't really exist in, in our world, right? There were, you didn't worry about your mental health back then. And, 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 and there weren't many rules around, like you could be on call, you'd work all day, be on call, be up all night, and then you'd work the whole next day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at the end of that day, you could go home. And it was, you know, frowned upon if you tried to go home before that, because the idea was, well, there's so much to learn. If you go home, you're not going to learn it. But you'd mm-hmm. be like, you know, I've, I'd be you know, working all day, up all night on call for some some traumas or something. Then I was on a neurosurge rotation. And then the next morning, we're doing a neck dissection in the OR. And then the surgeon hands me the knife. And he's like, okay, why don't you get us down there? And I'm like, like I can think of a few reasons why I should be getting <laughs> us down there. But that's changed. They came in with rules where you, at first it was, okay, you have to go home at noon the next day. And then even then, like, you know, if you're an orthopedic surgery resident, you're not going to follow that rule. You're going to break that rule and stay all day. And then, and then it moved to you can go home at eight a.m. the next day, and and you know they they you would just break that rule, but now nowadays is a lot better. It's a lot safer. It's a lot healthier, and I still think you learn everything you need to learn. So yeah. while that culture, you know, there were some good things about it, but I think the the bad things about it outweighed it, and it's and it's gotten a lot. It's gotten a lot better now. I was having a discussion with some other staff guys at a te- nearby teaching center, and they're like, yeah, like you know, if if we know someone's you know post call we make, we make them go home and just say you have to go home yeah, that's good that's right yeah. and that's i mean how much can be. you really learn when you've been up for 36 hours or yeah. whatever like what we know about the psychology of learning uh, that's not conducive to it i know that the the what you what we shouldn't do is make people be on call and then post call drive to an airport and learn how to drive <laughs> yes. a plane right uh, a two seater plane <laughs> into northern canada who's probably also sleep deprived <laughs> yes. And yeah. may, or may or may not be a giant, like he, a, an actual giant person. Yes. <laughs> so I'm He's, glad you survived that. Yeah, that, as was by I. By the way. Uh, I'm curious, how long are, are your average surgeries? So we do a lot of hip and knee replacements. So nowadays, to be honest with you, they're a lot faster and pretty efficient. So I'd say somewhere in the 60 to 90 minute range. Okay. But so, Brad we, and I do, we, we operate together on some, on like if you have a complicated case or a revision or something like yeah. that. We'll do it together. And those, those, you know, we can push three, four hours for some of those. 
Um, you know, uh, there are some complicated ones that go longer, but our our sort of bread and butter ones are yeah, but that that's what that's what pushed me away from other type because I loved being in the operating room like surgery, but it was those uh four or five hour six hour cases that just killed me. I was like, I need, I, need, I want to sit down. Yeah, that was, that was neurosurgery. Do you remember the neurosurgery rotations? <clears throat> We'd be in there. And I remember like you'd start a case and then like the nursing shift would change and you a bunch of new mm-hmm. nurses. And then, then the nurse would come back and I'd be like, Oh, are you on break? She's like, no, that was yesterday's shift. This is my next day's shift. <laughs> and we're like, well, we're still, we're still trying to get this brain tumor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh my Those neurosurgeons, I mean, I, thank God I'm not a neurosurgeon, but they, they have some yeah. long, yeah. Tedious cases. There's How no other option. Do that? So you got you you guys work in the same. You're in a hospital, like a big teaching hospital, right? So you're around the other surgical subspecialties. Is there is there like a secret hierarchy? Is there is there like a like rivalries? Are there? Do you butt heads with other? I mean, you can. They're not going to hear this. Sure, oh, maybe they will. So I'll let you in on a little secret. Pretend they're not going to hear this. Orthopedics is obviously the, the king of the castle. Obviously, see <laughs> ophthalmology is second. Yes, ophthalmology is second, and all the rest are tied. Even though for... we don't like to be in the hospital at all, but yeah, yeah we're still if second. You can find everybody else is tied for third. So what I, <laughs> what I'd say is I would, not not really. To be honest, with you, I think yeah. the hierarchy really happens at night when the urgency oh. of the cases changes. So orthopedics, oh, yeah. a lot of the broken bones are not super urgent. So we get pushed around a lot by, you know, oh, really? a perforated bowel or yeah, okay. um, an urgent, like if you had, say, a, a retinal detachment or something like that, that has to be fixed right away. A lot of our stuff can wait a little bit. Oh, I anyway. appreciate that. But even yeah. that can wait. <laughs> okay. But yeah, that's good to know. I'm coming at our ophthalmologists that say it can't. <laughs> we're, we're actually that's in right. a community hospital that's affiliated with the teaching center. So we have kind of like the best of both worlds. Oh, like community nice. setting and we're affiliated with the academic center down down the street but so we do get teachers but yeah that it's the evenings where the where the battle comes in right where you're trying to get your case done off the board you know it's on the board those are those added cases and then yeah like brad said you know general surgery will come in try and bump you and then and we share an anesthetist with like OBGYN. so there's like an urgent c-section so you're all battling for the anesthetists so you can get in the or i got i gotta do a, i can do a video about this about uh <laughs> oh, like can. surgeons oh. you know yeah, trying to bump each other and, and yeah. take each other's OR time. Yeah, the bump. Honestly, it's the bump. very real and it's a great topic. And especially with OB, like someone comes and says, like say the OB comes and says, hey, Brad or Paul, you know, we have this lady who's been trying for labor for a long time. We need you to do a C-shot. What do you say? No, the baby's going to have to wait. I want to fix my yeah. broken ankle. You can't. It's always yeah. baby wins <laughs> every it. time. Every and, and it brings time. out the worst in everybody when yes. you're battling at night. You're tired. It's <laughs> night. And, and everyone just gets mean and like pulls punches and sneaks around. I looked at your patient. They're fine. They're walking. That appendix doesn't have to come out. <laughs> oh, my God. Right? I gave some antibiotics. It. It's like oh, it, it just it. brings out the worst, right? I, I don't like See, who I am this... after hours. This is why I love outpatient surgery. Yeah. This is great. Yeah, you don't have to deal with any of that. <laughs> but you guys do a lot of outpatient surgery. I mean, that's that's it's orthopedic. Well, like surgery. even big... hips and knees these days are probably they're either same are they day or next day. I would imagine same, same day or yeah. next day at most centers nowadays. Yeah, you're big right. Our, our yeah. chief just came up to me today and said, it was, "It's like I like so we do outpatient, you know, hip and knee replacement." And I had, you know, I was, my nest says like, "Hey, your next case, you got her going home today." But I don't know if she's gonna be able to go home today. I'm like, okay, well, you know, we'll see whatever you think. And then, you know, I'm in between cases. And then the, or my chief chief of surgery comes to me and says, hey, what can we do to get you doing more outpatient hip and knee replacement? I'm like, I don't know. I'm trying, right? And and th- there is a push to do that, whether yeah. it's right or wrong. But 
we do like for my list today, two of my uh, three joints went home today. So yeah, they, wow. we are getting them home same day. You're right. Well, I want to, I want to talk about uh, talking with docs. So what, uh, what was the origin of the, cause this is, this is great. I've, I've watched, I, I never thought I'd learn about hemorrhoids from orthopedic surgeons. <laughs> Uh, right? but I'm, I'm already, I've, I've got to improve my diet. Not that I have, I don't have hemorrhoids anybody, everybody. There's so no shame in that though. Even it's if okay. you do, no shame. Yeah, yeah. It's okay <laughs> if you do have hemorrhoids. It's it's a safe you just spend an awfully long time in there. So we do sit down a lot on. in right. ophthalmology. Yes. That's right. Um, but, uh, uh, it, it's great. Over 500,000, uh, subscribers on YouTube. It's just, it's fantastic. So what was the, the origin of this? Paula, you take that one. Okay. Well, you know, we kind of made the videos for our patients, right? Because we say the same thing over and over and, and, and we found people would forget and, <clears throat> and, and, you know, they would call the office and so we said, let's just make them for our own patients. And, and we looked at them and, and, you know, some of the clinical studies show that, Hey, people forget 60 to 80% of what the doctor tells them. Right? And well, don't try, don't try using this statistic in any other way other than medicine. <laughs> I tried it with my partner. I was like late at work one day and she's like, why are you late? I said, I told you how to meet. She said, you didn't tell me. I said, I did. She said, no, you didn't. I said, look, people forget 60 to 80% of what the doctor tells them. It's not your fault. That didn't go over well because apparently husbands forget nearly 100% of what their wives tell them because I was supposed to pick the kids up from school that day. So don't use that statistic at home. But we were finding that people were forgetting like 60 to 80% of everything you tell them. So we made these videos for our patients. And then, you know, we're looking at it and like, I'm like, Brad, did you give our videos to like a thousand people? And he's like, no. I'm like, neither did I. And then, you know, oh, next week, did you give it to 2,000 people? No. And then we saw that there was an appetite for this sort of inform yeah. like information. You know, like we're not sponsored by anybody. We're just giving like medical information. We try and give both sides, even if we don't agree with it. And then we kind of like expanded it to other subspecialties and stuff we don't know. We get an expert. You know what I mean? We have some like really yeah. cool and funny colleagues. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that we bring on and, you know, like Nicole Callen who talked about hemorrhoids, she's amazing. And, and uh, Mike Heffernan, our cardiologist, we got him on. And so we kind of landed in a place where we we're like, you know what, we want to give like just medical information that's not sponsored, not getting paid. We're not asking you to buy something. We're not asking you to come and see us. We can't. In Canada, we're like overworked. In fact, we don't want you to come and see us. <laughs> Please you know, don't come. Just go somewhere else and we'll take this information <laughs> with you. Uh, but but we want two things. We want one, and it's an or. We want one to learn something or know, you know, if you know something you didn't know before you watch the video. And two, have a little laugh. Have a have a chuckle. You know what I mean? Have a laugh. Learn something. That's that's all we want. And, you know, that's sort of how we've sort of stuck to that. And that's how it's evolved out. What year was it? When did, when did you start doing these? So we started in May of 2016. And then, oh, okay. honestly, the real change... Like, I think it took us almost six years to get 100,000 subscribers. And then, yeah, now we're almost yeah. at 600,000. The pandemic really changed that, right? People were stuck yeah. at home, yeah. couldn't get access to a physician, were bored, were watching YouTube, and and a lot of them found Same us. thing with me. Yeah, right? Absolutely. Yeah, just all of a sudden, like, it was like, boom. Although Everyone was on your social pandemic media, right? experience was slightly different than the average yeah, person. Yeah, he had to go all, be all dramatic. I had a, I had a thing. Die for attention a while seeking just to get some attention. Yeah, yeah, it's gross. Yeah, exactly. That's quite a story. And then, but Paul, sounds oh. like, like the the uh, the notoriety of having a successful YouTube channel went to your head and you went and tried to write yourself a sitcom, it sounds like. <laughs> like, just like, tone it down a little bit, Paul. Like, there's <clears throat> limits to your talent, okay? No, I'm just kidding. Move over, Tina Fey. It's Tony <laughs> Fey here now. <laughs> So, yeah, that was during the pandemic, right? Because 
which was a weird thing, right? Like we're so we all, all had our projects. We all, yeah, we yeah. all had projects. Right. Well, what, like Brad? What did what did you before we hear about Paul's uh, uh, surely successful sitcom? Paul, Brad, what did you? Uh, what so, was your? So I'd say probably the, the two things that flourished for me is I became like a plant based eater, so I gave okay. up all animals. And I'd say the other things like I've grown a lot of my own food. I have uh, a very large uh, garden that grows. You All name right, it. She's just making everyone else feel bad. <laughs> All right, Paul, let's, let's. I don't know. I feel like we could play a game of like diagnosing people's like mental struggles by what their pandemic yeah, project was. That's, that's, that's too, <laughs> too productive, too good at like making his I life. I also better. started All to right. enjoy country music. Does that count for anything? Oh, that's, oh okay. dear. Now we're you guys are from back Texas. Down. There you go. Yeah. 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 That's a little bit better. Uh, we have, All right, we Paul, have... I want to hear about the sick. I want to, let's hear, let's hear your story. Okay. So, so it, the odd thing was, was it's during the pandemic, your doctor, so everyone thinks, oh my God, you guys are going to be so busy during the pandemic, aren't you, right? Your surgeon's like, yeah, yeah, what can I do? You know, you phone the hospital, oh, you know, it's a pandemic, what can I do? Okay, we need you to stay home. Yeah. People are dying. I'm a doctor. Yeah, stay home. Okay, well, should I call and check in? No, no, no. Don't call us. We'll call you, okay? You just, <laughs> what about all my, my vital important surgeries? They're, they're all going to be on hold. How long? Indefinitely. It yeah. really sort of takes you down a notch, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm so, I'm a doctor, I should be helping in this pandemic. And the best thing I can do is stay home. So I think, well, I got to do something. Um, so I took this online course uh, uh, through Stage 32 based in California. And it's how to write a sitcom. And it's a six-week course. And by the end of it, you've written a sitcom, right? Oh, I'm like, cool. this is great. I got, because, you know, the stuff we do in the OR, we have such a laugh. There's so much funny stuff in the OR and the yeah. hospital. We, we have we have a real, really good time. So I'm going to make a sitcom out of this, right? So I have my first Zoom meeting with everybody. And like, there's real writers in this course. I'm like, I am in over my head. These these are real writers, right? I don't know how to write it. The only thing I write is like a prescription and I can't even read it, right? I don't yeah, even write, write orders anymore. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's all electronic. Yeah. I don't even write that anymore. I write nothing. Like, okay, that's fine. You know, I'm in over my head, but I'm, well, that's not a first time for me. So, um, you know, the, the, the first thing is, your pre is, you know, what's your premise? So my premise is, you know, I want to write a, you know, community OR, like a, the OR in the community. Uh, and it's going to be about um, trying to, you know, deliver world-class care on like a shoestring budget. That's my premise for the, and my, my feedback is amazing, right? Yeah. Like, uh, the guy's like, this is great. There's more, need more of these. The email's like, all this glorious feedback and I'm just getting so inflated, right? I'm already writing my like, my SNL monologue, right? I'm, what am I going to wear on SNL? This is going to be huge. So then the next week is, okay, what's your setting? Well, it's a community OR. Great. That's amazing. We need community OR. Next one is develop your characters. Okay. So the characters are like me, Brad, you know, people we know, administrators, nurses. I just, I, they're all in front of me. I don't have to make anything up. I, I just write up these characters. Feedback's amazing. Characters are great. They're really, you know, I like the way you develop these characters. And I'm like, oh, they're real people. Like, you know, instead of Paul, it's Pete, you know, instead of Brad, it's Bill. It was, I didn't even change the names much. And then the next one is, okay, you got to write act one. All right. So I write act one and I'm waiting to get the feedback. I'm so excited, right? Because I'm waiting to get the Emmy on this one. And so the feedback is like short. The email is extremely short. It's one line. I'm like, what? Your characters are not very likable. <laughs> These, oh, no. This is us. It's me. It's Brad. Like this, and I'm like, they're not. What are, you, what are you talking about? And so that it was kind of the next day yeah. at work. I was like holding the door open for people. They were like 20 yards <laughs> away. And I'm holding the door. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going that way. I'm like, it doesn't matter. 
you change your mind. I got the door. I'm going for coffee. Here's a hundred bucks. Get coffee for everybody. Because it was a real mirror. Like I was writing yeah. the stuff, the jokes we make, the stuff we do. And, and it's not likable. And, you know, and I thought, you know what? Like as a doctor, one thing you got to kind of be yeah. is likable. Right? Right. Yeah, as orthopods, sure. I get it. So, so it, it was a real mirror for me to see yeah. that, hey, you know, what, what kind of stuff we joke around about, what kind of stuff we laugh about, it's not likable. So, you know, I rewrote it, tried to make it more likable and, you know, got the project done. Um, but yeah. it was, it was, it was a neat learning experience. Which, which streaming service can we find this on? <laughs> is this, well, is it, are you Hulu it's coming, or? coming to one near you soon. <laughs> well, we'll take a look. We'll, uh, we'll look out for that one. Uh, let's take a, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, Kristen, what do you know about hearts? Well, I know they need to beat. That's true. And you're really good at making them do that. Yeah, I did that one. You helped me with mine. I did. I, was, I still appreciate that, by oh, the way. Oh, well, you're yeah, welcome. Yeah. You know what would help you learn even more about hearts? What? The Echo Core 500 digital stethoscope with three lead ECG. Nice. This thing is awesome. How do I look? How do I look? You look so the... fancy. Doesn't that look nice? Yeah. It's like, like anybody who listens to hearts in your job yeah. could benefit from one of these. That's right. It's got 40 times noise amplification, mm. noise cancellation, three audio filter modes, and a full color display. Yeah. So you can listen and see the ECG. That's it's right. amazing. It, it's really cool. I mean, what stethoscope allows you to do that? I know. We live it, in the it, future. It's incredible. It's also the best sounding uh, digital stethoscope that you're going to find out there. Trust me on that. We have a special offer for our U.S. listeners. Visit echohealth.com slash KKH and use code NOC50 to experience Echo's Core 500 digital stethoscope technology. That's E-K-O Health slash KKH and use NOC50 to get a 75-day risk-free trial and a free case and free shipping with this exclusive offer. All right, we are back with Paul Zalzal and Brad Weening. I love, I just love saying your name, Paul. Like, it just, yeah, it just like puts you in a good mood. Yeah, it's, 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 like you uh, can't be grouchy when you're saying Zalzal. Zalzal, that's great. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you probably get a lot of pronunciation, uh, you know, different things from oh, patients. Oh, yeah. It's and, amazing. Yeah. It's just, it's three letters repeated itself, but people manage <laughs> to mess it, it up. Yeah, just like Glockenflecken. It's such yeah, an easy it's thing. Spelled like, just like it sounds. Come on. come on. Like how hard could it be? Um, all right. So we're gonna we're going to uh play a little game here. Uh, I actually didn't like name this. Let's just uh let's call it uh things we've forgotten. Okay. <laughs> a terrible name. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. Somebody somebody tell me what this should have been named after we're done with it. But uh <laughs> all right, so what we're gonna do is uh, because uh, a part of uh, what you do with talking with docs is so much education, right? That's, that's a big part of it, but you also have fun. So I want to try to educate our audience here. Um, what we're going to do is, Kristen, I've written down some, some ophthalmology-related things. Maybe it's anatomy or a diagnosis or something. And she's going to give you guys one of those things. And on the spot, you have no, I didn't give you any preparation time here. No, you did you not. You have to just tell me as much as you can about that thing. Okay. And then when it's your turn, you're going to do the same thing to me. Hey, Paul, we're, we're picking hard see, ones. You're, mm -hmm. You can pick whatever you want. All right. Whatever bone related thing that you want. Okay. Uh, and uh, and look, we'll just see. We'll see who knows the most about our two very, very different specialties. Uh, yeah. I think that's why this is going to be fun. Because okay. 
They're like, totally could not be any. There are no bones in the eye, guys. No. And know. there's no eye in the bones. There's no. Uh, there's, so there there's, you go. You can't use the bones to see. That that's It that doesn't work that way. All right. <laughs> okay. So uh, who, who should We're go? Ready. I guess we'll go first. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You go ahead. Okay. Um, cataract. Ooh. Ooh. Clouding so, of the lens. Yeah. Clouding, a clouding of the lens where reduced vision over time. That's a process that can be treated with a lens replacement. Um, nowadays has become a very, very efficient process that literally heals the blind. Probably the number one procedure to improve quality of life. And most commonly in the elderly and actually can be as UV light is implicated in it as well as some other medications. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. And, I, I, and they stroked your ego oh, while they, they were at oh, it. Oh, they sure yeah. did. That's that was great. <laughs> I, I mean, you could have. I mean, because knee re- and hip replacements, you know, those things. That's quality of life. The right number there. two and yeah. three. And like oh, some, okay. there's yeah, some yeah, gotcha. real measure. Apparently, we are number two and three. You are number one at oh, healing yeah. the blind. That's like, <laughs> oh, that's like a real. That's a real that's thing. Like a thing. There's real data they, behind they've this. Measure somehow one, the measurement improvement. Total hip number two. Yeah. I feel like I should have known that. Yeah. <laughs> I think you should have. <laughs> All right. Hey, I'm, I'm impressed. That's good. Yeah. And, okay. and uh, that's okay. You said you set a high bar there. Okay. Yeah. They're talking about implications and treatments oh, and oh all gosh. sorts of all things. All right. All right. Give me a, I would have just been fine with you saying <laughs> like clouding the lens, but whatever. All right. Paul, all you right. or me? Well, they're, they're ortho. They're overachievers. That's so. right. It's brilliant. Secretly. I got, all right. Give me, get, what do you got? Paul? I got one that, I got one that kind of bridges the two of us um osteogenesis imperfecta oh Oh, it does it does bridge nicely though that's a good one paul can i can i take a stab at what it is you go ahead yeah and then i'll I'll try to clean it up okay osteogenesis so that would be like like new bone being created yes okay or bone genesis of bone generating yeah and then, like, imperfect, obviously, something has gone wrong in the process of bone generation. Pretty good. Yes, That's excellent. I think, so it's, uh, if I recall, it's a, it's a, a um, defect in a type of collagen formation, I think. Um, and then, for, as far as the eye, uh, a sign of osteogenesis imperfecta is you get uh, a blue color to the sclera yeah. because you have thinning of the sclera. Uh, and the reason it looks blue is because on the other side of the sclera, which is the white part of the eye, uh, you have what's called the choroid. And the choroid is, um, it has a kind of a bluish tinge to it. Mm. And so you can, I, I think that's, I think that's, that's why it. you see it. I think that's why it looks blue. <laughs> I, I, I have honestly never seen osteogenesis imperfecta in an eye clinic. That but, was um, perfect. That was yeah. exactly what I was looking for. It's one thing that bridges ortho and ophthalmology, kind of the only thing I could think of. But the blue sclera yeah. is one, t- one yeah. is a sign of one type of the of osteogenesis. What, what's the underlying defect? What's the what is it? Like what what causes? It, you you pretty well described it. There's four types, and yeah. uh, okay. and it, the under the underlying you know manifestation of it is just fragile bones, bones that break and break okay. and break and break. Gotcha. Unfortunately, even as a kid, so a lot of these kids come in with multiple fractures at a very young age, and and even for the parents can be difficult because they can be accused of of, of abuse. Yeah. Because young, young children are breaking bones with no trauma and they come in, they've had seven or eight fractures by the age of three. So until it's diagnosed, it's actually a very, very difficult situation. Mm. Yeah. That would be rough. Yeah. I imagine that's not a very common thing. Very you don't, uncommon. you probably don't see this very often. All right. What do, what do we got, okay. Kristen? All right. An eyeball one. Um, macular degeneration. Ooh. Okay. So let's see here, Brad. So macular degeneration, there's, there's two types. 
there is wet and dry. Um, as they progress, they both can lead to blindness. And it may be the number one, is it one of the number one causes potentially? It is the number blindness? one cause of blindness. Number one cause of, of age-related blindness? Mm. No. Uh, well, it depends on... Uh, Population, which, I guess, maybe. Which country you're talking about? A worldwide cataract. Oh, yeah, worldwide Okay. But, but uh, macular degeneration... Maybe irreversible is up, blindness. Yes. Yeah, that makes more sense. I think glaucoma is two and macular degeneration would be three. Okay, yeah. in a podium anyway. Yeah, so it's up there. Top three. It's, up there. <laughs> it's a podium. Oh, it's I don't top expect three. you to know the epidemiology of, of, of ophthalmologic <laughs> yeah, conditions. You're really taking this far. Yeah, I, yeah well, then, you know. <laughs> this is a game, not a test. Yeah. You know that, right? <laughs> Uh, do you know? Do you know how? Uh, what are the two types? Do you remember that? Wet and dry. Wet, wet and dry. Wet, he do you said know, that. Do you know? How, oh, he did say. That. Do you know how to treat the the wet form? What do we Is do? Is it for like that? dermatology, where you just anything dry you make wet, and anything wet you make dry? <laughs> I thought that was all of derm. <laughs> Don't tell Doctor Pimplepopper oh. we said that. You do, you do want to dry the wet, but you do not want to wet the dry. That's for sure. I am not familiar with the treatment <laughs> for the dry. No. Yeah, so no, that's great. That's actually really good. Um, there's a wet form and a dry form. The wet form is whenever you have uh, bleeding in the in the back of the eye, in the in the macula, which is mm -hmm. the the part of the retina that's most important for vision. That's where your best acuity vision occurs. And so, if you have a wet form of macular degeneration, you get a blood vessels that grow into there and, you and treat it with a laser and cause swelling. You treat it with injections. Mm. Laser's the old way to do it. Oh, okay. that's what we did like when you know, we 20, were 30 years ago. Right, when we were residents and med students. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> maybe what you learned. Yeah. yeah. And it was a pretty much a terrible treatment. Oh, okay. It's like it's it didn't work very well. Um, and people generally just went blind. Mm. But now we have these intravitreal injections. Okay. Which sounds just like yes. uh, Kristen looks, right? It sounds horrible. It's horrifying. It's horrible. But it's but it's actually a really easy, common procedure, and um, it's totally revolutionized wet macular degeneration. So it's yeah, the dry form we don't have as many options for, but that's that's more of a long term. Do you think you know, someone decline. after hearing this is going to maybe look into making the dry form wet or no? No, no, please. <laughs> no. please uh, this, but good job, you guys. Okay. That was great. Macular degeneration. Yeah. All right, yeah. all right. Let's, okay, let's, so the one that I'm going to go it. with is okay. compartment syndrome. Ooh. Well, this is actually one that uh, I can relate to in ophthalmology. Okay. Yeah. I'll tell you why. Okay. Go. What do you have any idea? A compartment, compartment syndrome. syndrome? This, this would be a hard one with, with no medical background. Whatsoever. Yeah. I, um... It's not intuitive. <laughs> You have a, a compartment syndrome. You have a real hard time putting things back where they belong. <laughs> That's it. You got it. Yeah, That's pretty good. Um, so compartment syndrome um, would be if you have, I guess there, there's natural um, uh, delineation and in, in with the natural compartments that are separated by tissue planes or something like that. And if you have an increase in pressure, within that compartment that mm -hmm. within that tissue plane or something then um you can cause like uh fascia fascia planes fa something something fascia related there's yeah. a fascia in there you got it uh and if the pressure in that compartment yeah uh, gets too too high then it can cause uh damage to the muscle it can cause uh you can lose blood flow to that compartment and so things kind start of a reverse titanic situation <laughs> <laughs> Things start to die off, and and it just you have a damage, permanent damage to the muscle. That's perfect. Um, Bang on. Yeah. 
Wait, where are the compartments located? You didn't make that clear. Are they in the muscle? Yeah, They're in the I, bone? What are we the talking legs about? legs and the arms, right? No, no, no I'm talking, yeah. like, what kind, bone? Muscle? What? These are, you know, I don't know. Yeah, so, so there's compartments <laughs> throughout our body, but the most common place you have compartments in them is in the arms or the legs. And so there's multiple different compartments in, say, your lower leg. So if you break your tibia, the bleeding can increase the pressure inside of one of the specific compartments or the amount of swelling associated with the trauma. And then you're exactly right. So as that swelling increases, it compromises the blood flow, damages the nerves, and ultimately can cause the muscle to die. So if you don't release those pressures in a very time-sensitive fashion, like four to six hours, this is when we get to bump other cases on the board. You don't want to do this case <laughs> this where you're like, thing, yes, right? you got to go to the OR. You actually make an incision, releasing essentially a tight compartment so that it can expand and save muscle. You can lose your leg for sure, or even die as the muscle dies, then it can lead to my, have, myoglobinuria and then kidney failure. Yeah. I have Jeez. a very vivid memory in med school of seeing an orthopedic surgeon stick a striker something. Striker, yeah, that's a pressure it. measurement. In, pressure measuring. A yeah. pressure measurement tool into a compartment. <laughs> right. To Good see call. if it was high pressure. Like that, do you guys still do that? That's, exa that's yeah, exactly the one, the striker manometer. Yeah, to measure the pressure. Okay, all right. That also sounds horrifying. <laughs> it is. It's a very so, bad diagnosis. You don't want any part of it. <laughs> no. Well, the same thing with in ophthalmology, we have orbital compartment Ooh, syndrome. Right. So if we have a retrobulbar hemorrhage, so a, a bleed behind the eye, it'll push the eye forward, but you can only push it forward so much. And then the eye just kind of gets trapped by the eyelids and you have to How make How come it doesn't incision. just pop out? Because the eyelids will keep it from... But if out. the pressure's high enough, can it overcome the eyelids? Mm, usually not because it happens very... <laughs> it's a, there's there's no generally no popping that's another yeah. whole your, your eye can kind of pop out but but uh that's a whole nother i think hey, wow is you dropped something <laughs> you enough. dropped something we had i mean oh this is really getting off sub you know on a tangent here but we had my brother growing up had a pet rat mm -hmm. and um i don't know why because boys are weird but the my mom was vacuuming one day and the rat did not like that totally panicked and it was trying to get out of the cage it just kept like hitting its head against things and it's i came out because oh, wow. it just kept giving I thought, itself i thought your mom was going to vacuum up the rat that was shockingly no, graphic the, yeah. <laughs> the seriously <laughs> my goodness you really wanted to get out of that interesting cage. animal experiences yeah, did she vacuum up a... the eye after it came out that maybe would be no nice. it was still it was still attached it was just kind of like dangling like wow. Um, you know, the rat made a full recovery and we won't accept any follow-up questions uh, on that. Let's go to the next okay, one. Everyone, on the, Peter's on the phone. Peter. Um, well, let's, let's okay, do it. Okay, no, I got, I got, I oh. know what I want to do. All right. All okay. Right. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. We're ready. We are ready. The eye. Okay. I put that on there just in, just in case they were having trouble with the first two. Okay. I think we could see. No, I think now we can have a comprehensive a answer of everything Bra. they know about the eye. Bra. Settle in, everyone. Get uh, your popcorn. God. It's the thing I that severely it's a thing that sees their ability. The eye is the thing that sees the bones. <laughs> That's right. I want you to. I want you to. Uh, I want you to do one of the other ones. Okay. Um. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Come on. I, I feel a glaucoma question coming. <laughs> I'm an independent woman. Okay. Okay. Ready? All right. Strabismus. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, so it kind of relates to orthopedics a little bit because mm. it it relates to the abnormal pull or lack of pull of muscles making the eye go to the side. If I remember correctly, it's wow. the lateral rectus, LR6, I remember. Is that, wow. is that cranial nerve 6? Look at that. Hey? God, did I just, cranial they're nerves. a lot smarter than did you. Did I blow your Look mind right that. there? That's pretty, that's pretty nice. Yeah. LR6, I yeah. remember that from med school. 
That's that's good. Yeah, the the abducens nerve. Nice abducens nerve. Um, uh, ophthalmology we get because it abducts. It it uh, does. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. It abducts. Look at me. The eye. There you go. But you can get strabismus in any direction, so it can be mm-hmm. up and down and left or right, and even a, a torsional strabismus. Does it tend to just happen in one eye, or can you get it in both very commonly? No, you can have it. I mean, it can affect you because you have muscles on either eye. So Right, but like if you get it in one, do you tend to also mm. get it in the other? Or there... no, no, I mean, okay. there's lots of a million reasons you can get strabismus. But um, With but Christmas yeah, coming, so. it reminds me of that scene from A Christmas Vacation where Randy Quaid's talking about his daughter, and it's like, it's kicked by a mule, or eyes go cross-eyed, falls in a well, they go back. You know? <laughs> <laughs> one of my all-time Is that how it works? That's what movies. you do in the OR? Yeah. How does, how does that relate to ortho? The muscle. Oh, just the muscles. Yeah. The imbalance in muscles. Imbalance in muscles. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Causing, That's what happens. a bit of a stretch. It's not blue sclera, but stuff. it's a stretch. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, one more. Let's, okay, let's hear it. What do you got? Yeah. Ooh. Um, okay. I'm going to pick one that, let's see here. Um, chondromalacia patella. Because I like saying uh, it. Oh, my God. Chondromalacia patella. Something about the knee. Yes. Nice. Because patella, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. You know what do you think, chondro? I have no idea what that is. That's cartilage. Mm-hmm. Malaysia, a small country. No, <laughs> wait, wait, sorry. <laughs> chondro Malaysia. I don't know what Malaysia means. Is that Malaysia's, bone related? Yeah, it's like atrophy. Oh, okay. Like a, so I cartilage think, in your knee atrophies. Atrophy of knee close. cartilage. It's pretty yeah. close. Oh, I mean, but it's patella, so it's got to be. More something more like with the patella tendon, the patella, just the underside of just the patella, the patella. cartilage, cartilage underneath okay. the patella is um, soft, not well. Oh, okay, chondromalacia patella. It's also called anterior knee pain. It's also called patellofemoral syndrome, and it's uh, it's like seven out of ten knee pain complaints to the primary care physician is that chondromalacia patella. Oh, really? Front knee of pain, the knee knee pain, like kneeling, squatting, the stairs, the that kind of stuff. What do you what do you do for it? Uh, the mainstay of treatment is physiotherapy to balance the muscles around the patella to get it to track better and hopefully hurt less. Anti-inflammatory, sometimes injections. Ortho was all about bones, and it is, but also they're mm. talking a lot about muscles. I had never well, they are put that together. I know, but muscles, like I just cartilage. don't think of muscles when I think of ortho. I think of bone. So, yeah. yeah, very interesting. A lot of people think just something. feet when they say orthopedics. I thought it was just feet. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, really? You get that a lot? Yeah. Do they know that you guys don't really care about feet at they, all? Yeah, we tell them. <laughs> Except our colleague Danny, who's like a foot and ankle surgeon, but we mostly don't. So no kidding. Like we we legit skipped the foot in, yeah, in like anatomy of so med, in med school anatomy. Like we were doing going through the whole body and then we just at the ankle, we learned the ankle bones and they're like, yeah, and then the there's a foot. There's a Who foot. Cares there. about bunions. Move yeah. on. <laughs> First world problem. <laughs> All right. Well, that was that was good. That was good. You guys, I'm impressed. Yeah. I got one more um, uh, overlap that I like to to talk about with orthopedic surgery. So one of the very few ortho ophthalmology things um, is if you have a long bone fracture, Mm. uh, you get um, a fat emboli. Yeah. Yeah. That can go to the eye. That's right. Yep, and you can you can lose quite a bit of your vision. Oh wow! It's like stroke, essentially, an eye stroke. Yeah, fat emboli syndrome. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good there overlap. You go. yeah, there, see, yeah. we got so much in common. Blue sclera. <laughs> so much emboli. in common. We're the same. We're basically the We're same, same specialty. Actually, I'm going to call my secretary. I'm booking a couple yeah, cataracts right. for tomorrow. 
Go for it. <laughs> How hard just could it be? Get in there. Get your mallet and just right. get in there. Love it. Um, all right. Well, let's take uh, let's take one more break and we'll we'll come back and wrap up with Paul and Brad. All right, we are back with Brad Weening and Paul Zalzal. Uh and um, and so. What are you planning on doing with talking with Doc? How long can you keep this up? Are you gonna are you gonna are you gonna keep practicing? Cause because clearly it's taken off here and you got Paul writing sitcoms left and right. And like where is it? Where are you going with it? What what are your plans? So, so I'd say we definitely want to keep doing it. Um the feedback, like it said, has been really great. We feel like it's providing a necessary service. We're we're surprised at the the need that it's yeah. hit. And Honestly, there are limitless topics. Even within ophthalmology, we could probably do 100 different topics. We'd love to have you on as a guest well, clearly somehow. you can. We just yeah. proved that. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. But, <laughs> but then I think something bigger, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe show. Paul, yeah. do you have any thoughts on that on a show? Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, we want to keep going and, just, you know, more medical experts. But we have talked about, like, taking it, like, make, making a show, you know, where basically yeah. you're e- educating but and entertaining at the same time. You know what I mean? There's a lot of shows out there where where they're you know strictly you know just strictly information not a lot of entertainment or fun and and we want to you know that would be sort of a, a dream for me anyways if we could just take it to the next level make like yeah. you know a half hour or one hour show and on every topic you know you're in t- we're going we're going to cover mi the viewer is going to watch this show they're going to laugh a bit and they're going to know you know as much about heart attacks as a you know third year medical student you know what i mean but have a good time learning about it and uh, you know and as you know, laughter, you know, is the best medicine. We say, uh, yeah, no, Paul, it's a good way Paul, to, that's actually not to true. teach people. I, I think penicillin is probably the best medicine. Well, penicillin's <laughs> a good medicine. <laughs> you know, we say laughter is the yeah. second best medicine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What about <laughs> vaccines, right. Paul? Vaccines, vaccines are good oh. too. A lot of things, but La- you know. laughter is La- the third best medicine. Laughter's top ten. We'll say laughter's top ten. <laughs> what about How Viagra? About Viagra's a good match. Mm, that's very, very, very high, very high up there. How does he even know what body part to act on? Fine. <laughs> Laughter's not even medicine, right? But it's like, it's uh, it's fun. It's important part of medicine. I yeah, un- until you die laughing, and then it's not so good. Anymore. Well, as surgeons, I say we'll have you in stitches. Either way, there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, uh, everybody should check it out. Uh, it's uh, uh, just talking with docs. It's good. I'm impressed by uh, do you, how much research are you doing? Like putting these topics together. Like, do you have to do a lot of reading? Probably the further you get from hundred percent. Oh, yeah. that school you're like researching it on your own because i do that too yeah and that was nice about doing the ortho stuff at the beginning all of our videos were just essentially talking about what you did as a job and that's how we yeah. prep our guests we're like you don't have to study just tell us what you do every day but yes once you start doing stuff outside it, it that's where all of the work is to be honest with you. the filming takes yeah. like we did 99 percent first takes we don't have a script we just kind of go and and see what happens but yeah it does take a lot of work like learning about ophthalmology like there's a lot of stuff to know yeah. Clearly you've done your homework. That's, <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you guys for joining us. It's really been a pleasure and um it's always good talking with orthopedic surgeons. Yeah. So, I feel so like nice after to this, like yeah, there I do see your character in in Paul and Brad here. You like go. you can just spend a, a good time with yeah. Ortho. Yeah. Okay. yeah. You did a good job with that character. We love him. We love him. And thank you so much Thanks for so having much. us. It was awesome to meet you guys. Yeah. We have a lot of respect for you. I love what you guys are doing. Yeah, appreciate yeah. it. Thanks for what you do. We do love it. We do get a kick out of it ourselves. We appreciate it. And thanks for having us. This was a lot of fun. Thank you, guys. Good talking to you. Cheers. Hey, Kristen. 
Yes. Conference season's coming up. It's true. You know what that means. Lots of presentations. It's a lot of work, right? We're making presentations. We're writing emails back and forth. Mm -hmm. Proposals. Report. All this stuff. Yeah. But you know what really helps? What's that? Grammarly. Yes, it's a it lifesaver. It helps with all kinds of writing. Yeah, I'm not have to tell you. You've been using it for a long time, right? Yeah, I've used Grammarly for several years in different jobs, different fields, all kinds of writing. It really it helps you be more concise with your writing, and mm-hmm. with email, it helps you find the right tone of your email. Yes, that can be so helpful because you know there's this whole like <laughs> unspoken language that's happening like, in email, and Grammarly helps you get it just right. Sometimes I need help you finding do. the right tone really with my do. email. And in fact, 96 percent of Grammarly users report that Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing. Yes. That's huge. That's amazing. It's really, Grammarly is the gold standard of responsible AI. AI is in the news. You find AI mm-hmm. for everything now. But they've but, been doing it for years. Yeah, and they know how to do it. They've got lots of experience doing this. To make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly, sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right, let's take a look at some of our favorite medical stories. We have one story, one, a really nice one. This is good. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is for you. It's for me. Yeah, yeah. We have a fan, a story from Alex. Okay. Alex says, uh, writing in to say a little thanks. I just listened to your podcast episode with Dr. Lindsay Fitzharris and Adrian Teal. At the end of the episode, I had a little today I learned moment where Kristen made a remark that media is the plural form of medium. That's right. I you, remember that. Yeah. Well, the, the Alex didn't know that. I'm sure a lot of people didn't know that. Yeah. I never there you put go. The, he said, I never put that together in my 30 years of life. Thank you, Kristen. <laughs> well, the more you know. <laughs> Happy to help. What a wonderful thing that you did for Alex. <laughs> Shut up. Thank you for the email, Alex. Uh, and uh, send us your uh, comments or stories or anything. Knock, knock, hi at human-content.com. We want to hear from you guys. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, what a fun episode. That was super fun. Yeah. I feel like they lived up to, to my expectation. Ortho's my favorite character it was of the, yours, so they really, they lived up to it. Yeah, and they were the, uh, that was the first, the, they were the first orthopedic surgeon guests That's we've right. had mm-hmm. on our podcast. So, uh, I can't believe it took us this long to get to ortho on I the know. podcast. It's, it's, I don't know why. No reason in particular. Like, like every ortho is would be a fun guest. Yeah, I feel like it. So many ortho. Have we had a urologist? I know they're going to be fun too. We have to look. We have to think about uh, that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying. I'm I going feel through. like we did, but then I'm like, I feel bad if I forgot. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, we just, you know, off the top of your head, you know. Yeah, it's hard to know. We've, we've done, done a, a lot, done of, episodes a lot of episodes now. Episodes. Yeah. But uh, uh, ortho, urology, what are the other really fun. Um, Emergency's fun. Emergency. We've had some emergency. I mean, they're, they're all fun in they're in their own way. Yeah. But some of them just have the most. The, the, They've got like an energy. Yeah. You know? and, and very interesting personalities. Yeah. And, and really good stories. So. Right. Um. So that was that was great. And that again, that's just uh, talking with docs. Definitely check out their YouTube channel. Great stuff there. What did you think of the game? You, you like know, that? I had my doubts at the beginning, but it turned <laughs> out to be really fun. I think they saved it for you. <laughs> oh, come on. I think it was fantastic. No, it's really good. Yeah. I, I got to learn a thing or two about bones. That's right. I don't get to learn about bones very often. See, even when med students grow up, they still like mm-hmm. they still seem to like just big grown up med students, right? Like they wanted to get it right. They, <laughs> they weren't right. worried exactly. about how much they could remember. Well, we you know, we try to do a game for every episode and it takes a lot of like 
and mental energy to come up with games. So yeah. if you guys have ideas for games, let us know. Lots of ways to hit us up, by the way. Email us, knockknockhighhuman-content.com. You can visit us on our social media platforms, which are all of them. And you can hang out with us and our Human Content Podcast family on Instagram and TikTok at Human Content Pods. Thanks to all the wonderful feedback you guys are giving us. So we'd love those. Uh, getting good feedback on Knock Knock Eye as well. I'm struggling. It's, it's, <laughs> it's this a is little the, late. It's the end of the day. Yeah, we don't normally record at this time. So we're. I spent all day uh, in clinic. Mm. I saw a lot of patients today, mm -hmm. so I'm a little tired. That's okay. I'm not too tired for our listeners. Uh, if you subscribe and comment on your favorite podcasting app and on YouTube, we can give you a shout out. Like today, we have a comment from uh, Stephanie Smith 7990 on YouTube who said, I love that you are doing a podcast about ophthalmology with Knock Knock Eye. Thank you. People like the eyeballs. Yeah. I have been surprised at the <laughs> amount of interest people have in, in eyeballs, but in they really, really do. They're, they're, you're surprised people are interested in the thing that I've devoted my career to? Well, it's just that eyeballs are icky, right? Like a lot of people have an eyeball issue. You know this. That's why very sure. few yeah, but med they students go into ophthalmologies because it, a lot of people can't take the eye, it's, but they are fascinated fun, by it. Everyone, okay. I don't know what <laughs> she's talking about. I didn't say it wasn't fun. I just said like, there's that barrier sure. of people don't like the idea of touching eyeballs. They are a little slimy at times. Mm -hmm. I'll give you that. Uh, full video episodes of this podcast are up every week on my YouTube channel at D Glock and Flecken. We also have a Patreon, lots of fun perks, bonus episodes where we react to medical shows and movies. You can hang out with other members of the Knock Knock High community. We're, we're growing. People are moving to us. Oh. They're moving within our city limits. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. We've got city We've limits. Been, oh, do we yeah, have uh, all the amenities? We do. We've got a, a movie theater. Uh, we've got a community center. We got several restaurants, and some of them are good. <laughs> Interactive Q&A live stream events, early ad-free episode access, and much more. Patreon.com slash or go to glockenflecken.com. Speaking of Patreon community perks, new member shout out to Dr. Funky. Ooh. William S., Ryan, Dimitar, Mary D., and Aviga. Welcome. Those were Thank fun ones. Those are our, our fun ones. Uh, and shout out uh, to, as always, to the Jonathans. We have Patrick Lucia C., Sharon S., Omar Edward K., Stephen G., Jonathan F., Marion W., Mr. Granddaddy, Caitlin C., Brianna L., Dr. J., Ross Box, Chaver W., Leah D., K. L., Rachel L., Ann P., Keith G., JJ H, Abby H, Derek N, Jonathan A, Mark, Mary H, Susanna F, Mohammed K, Aviga, and Pink, Pink Macho. Pink Macho. <laughs> Patreon Roulette, random shout out to someone on the emergency medicine tier. We have Justin. Thank you, Justin, for being a patron. Happy to have you. And thank you all for listening. We're your hosts, Will and Kristen Flannery, also known as the Guacom Pluckins. Special thanks to our guests today, Dr. Paul Zalzal and Dr. Brad Weening. Our executive producers are Will Flannery, Kristen Flannery, Aaron Corney, Rob Goldman, and Shanti Brooke. Our editor and engineer is Jason Portizo. His music is by Omar Binsby. To learn, and now this is the part for all of our patrons, because we know that they like to listen to the very they end do. of they this. They told us. They told us they do. They told us that they're waiting for this. To learn about our Knock Knock Highs program disclaimer, ethics, policies, submission, verification, license, and terms, and HIPAA release terms, you can go to glockandplugin.com or reach out to us at knockknockhigh at human-content.com with any questions, concerns, or any... Fun jokes you have, puns. Or, or games. Or games. Or games. 
Nagarakai is a human content production. Hey, Kristen, you ready for the holidays? I am. I'm excited, but I'm also a little nervous because it's a really busy time of year. Yeah, we don't have time to do anything. I know. And it's really hard for physicians around the holidays. Yeah, everybody trying to sneak in before January. <laughs> everybody, <laughs> everybody wants an appointment. And so you're just, you're pressed for time. You have to multitask and just try to get it, fit it all in. That's right. You know, with work and with home life and everything. But you know what helps? What's that? Dax. Oh, yeah. yeah. Saves you some time. The nuance. Dragon Ambient Experience, or DAX for short. It's it's great. It sits in the room with you and helps you with the documentation burden. So it's like one less thing you have to think about. Yeah, and it helps you connect with your patients better, which is always really important, especially around the holidays. Absolutely. We need to turn attention back to the patient-physician relationship. And uh, you should ask for it. Ask your company yeah. for DAX. Like, who wouldn't want a little DAX? Like a little Jonathan. Right. Just hanging out with you around the holidays. Yeah. It's fantastic. To learn more about the Nuance Dragon Ambient Experience or DAX, visit nuance.com slash discover DAX. That's N-U-A-N-C-E dot com slash discover D-A-X.